I want me some glory hope. Welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, or on iHeartRadio. We thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Stevens, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Ooh, Bo Cephas, here we go, buddy. We're coming off a middling type of a week 12 and 11 picked up a unit but juiced out to those bastardly bookies uh some people call a week like this sort of like kissing your sister which i don't really understand because this weekend really sucked and you know every time i've kissed your sisters it's been fucking awesome (laughs) so that really makes no sense to me just kidding they are of course happily Married, but a guy I know, him and her, got it <laughs> Now, whether you are here for the funny... It's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun when we'll need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil, doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness, look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. My apologies, Mr. President. I will do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Sandler. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up for those free picks, premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. Y'all know the drill by now. We will make you laugh. (laughs) We will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we will make you a shit ton of money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! Now, with all that business out of the way, welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast. Bo Cephas, as always, right here on the sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting beer choice of the week. Well, thank you very much there, sir. Tonight I am drinking a Kugel Oktoberfest from Kugel Brewery in okay. Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. 3.25 stars out of 5. On my beer, one of my favorite Oktoberfest beers. And mm-hmm. speaking of my favorite things about German culture, one of them has to be mm. their folktale stories. You know, Hansel and Gretel, 
Cinderella, Little Red yeah. Riding Hood, all sure. the Grimm collection, Brothers Grimm collection. But recently, Longhorn, I came across a story I'd never heard before. Mm. It was called Bearskin. And it was about a soldier who returned from war, broken, homeless. So the devil came to him and said, "Hey, here's a, hey, here's the deal, okay? <laughs> okay. If you can go like, um, let's say like seven years for whatever reason, the devil's time, like seven years, huh? Uh, not cutting your hair, shave or nails, or you know, take any shelter, and you survive. Uh, you know, yeah. Let's say I make you rich. Let's say I make you rich." If not, I get your soul. Huh? You got a deal? Mm-hmm. And soldier's like, yeah. All right, Red. We got a fucking deal. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. So four years into his challenge, a soldier ran into a who, some old boy who was uh, crying because he couldn't pay his rent. And him and his daughters were going to be homeless. So the soldier called up old Red and said, hey, if I can get an upfront loan on that uh, fortune to help this guy, you know, I'd really appreciate it. So the devil agreed. And because of the soldier's generosity, the old man told him, hey, you can marry any one of my three daughters. Well, the older two were like, fucking, uh, like, gross. No way. This guy's, look at his nails, look at his hair. Fucking Mm -hmm. yuck. No. But the youngest one, she was like, yeah, father, I'll, I'll marry him. I'll do your wishes. But the soldier said, all right, that's cool. But I'll be back in three years to scoop up that snatch. All right, pops? So three years later, he did show up. He was clean shaven, nice haircut, dressed to the fucking nines, and rich as fuck because he survived the seven years and the devil paid off his debt. And when the older sisters saw this, one of them hung herself, the other one drowned herself. So the devil actually came back to the soldier one last time and said, hey, not for nothing, but, uh, you know, instead of you, I got two souls, so... You know, two for the price of one. I, you know, I still win. That's that's how it works. So, boys and girls, that's all I'm telling you is the devil, no doubt, is a bookie because at the end of the day, they almost always fucking win, baby. They almost always fucking win. They do always win. I'm curious if the devil was Hispanic or Italian because I couldn't quite make that out. You know what? I kind of crossed him over there a little <laughs> yeah. bit. So uh, some cro- little devil crossover. Uh, I've got nothing. something in my eye right now. I'm fucking having trouble like concentrating because I got uh, something in my <laughs> eye. But boys and girls, we're going to move on to the <laughs> podcast. We're going with the good, the bad, and the are you fucking kidding me? We're going to go over every, and I mean every goddamn win in the yeah. NFL in the air tonight. And of course, of course, we're going to get you paid with those free picks as we always do. But first, we got to get paid. And to do that, here is this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by Lardburner.com. Some people say that all you need to lose weight is a good diet, exercise, some good old-fashioned self-restraint, and self-discipline. Well, I'm here to tell you those people are dick faces. You don't need to do any of that shit to lose your satchel ass anymore thanks to our friends at lardburner.com. But don't just take our word for it. Just listen to these real-life testimonials from people like Jimmy in Alabama. I went from 605 down to 603 in just six weeks without even having to give up my third wedding cake of the day. Thank you, Lardburner. Roll damn tide. Tony from New York. Hey, yo. My front bump was putting up some serious fucking dick shade over there, but now I'm not so fat no more. Thanks a lot, Lardburner. Or Bob from Texas. 
That doctor told me I need to diet, exercise, and start eating right, and I said, fuck all that shit. That's when I went on that internet there and got me some goddamn lard burner. Ain't nobody gonna take away my cold beer and brisket sandwiches. You hear me, you white coat mother- So join these three buffet killers in the marginal weight loss revolution by going to lardburner.com and putting in our code word glory hoe and lose a pound or two. You salad dodging bastards. Jesus Christ, Longhorn, that lard burner sounds like a hell of a product. Um, hmm. I don't think from the <laughs> testimonials that it sounds like it works that good. Um, but here's what I will say to any of you out there. And we love everybody the same, so don't get me wrong. But if you're a huge fat mm. ass, uh, you know, there's really no substitute for just a decent diet and maybe just a walk around the fucking block. That's kind of all you have to do. You don't have to be fat. It's not a fucking life sentence. Get mm-hmm. your shit together. You know, eat a little less fucking pizza. Eat a little more fucking just straight up protein and, uh, you know, take a walk around the fucking block. Take the dog for a walk. Do something. Get off your fat ass. And uh, you might not even need our sponsor, Lard Burner, but still buy it. Of course, of course, still buy it. Yeah, still buy it. And it doesn't matter what Lizzo Izzo says, whatever her name is. <laughs> fat, fat is not beautiful and it never will be. And now it's time for the good. Oh, that's good. That's good! Well, that's just fucking great! That's just fucking great! The bad! This is bad? This is bad? Well, that's fucking not good. And the are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? God damn it, are you fucking with me? Alright boys and girls, as always, we start off the good and the good last week was us, I guess, uh, 12 and 11 on the week. You know, winning a unit is better than losing a unit. Uh, <laughs> that's col- what they say. Yeah, co- the college free pick did hit, uh, that's about it, that I can remember on the podcast. Uh, yeah, Loghorn, like you said, it's kind of a sister kissing mm. kind of a weekend, so, uh, you know, but... You know, Maybe you can run that through your algorithm and make sure that winning a unit is indeed better than losing a unit. I'll, you're the math guy, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to the bad and the bad last week. Uh, yeah, Bowling Green gave them out plus 108 on the money line. Uh, we didn't need those plus two points, of course, so save the dime big. And, you know, get paid on the short dog wins. And then... They went out and got beat 38-7. to They didn't even fucking bother scoring to the third quarter. They fumbled at the Buffalo one-yard line. Three goddamn times, including one of them. They got returned 99 yards the other way for a touchdown. <laughs> so, terrible pick, obviously, and even worse luck on top of the terrible pick. And that's how you beat... 38 to 7 when you're only a two point fucking dog. Bowling Green, open frame in the tent. I was wrong, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we're gonna move on to the Are You Fucking Kennedy? And this week, there was many things I could go to. Obviously, um, when you have a very middling week, there's many games that could go either way, this and this or whatever. Oh, but yeah. You know what? I decided to pull the back the curtain a little bit and uh, just give it to us in the Super Contest. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Absolutely fucking dog shit. Brutal. We had a chance to legitimately be in the running for $50,000 <laughs> in the three week, and we completely fucking blew it. Uh, all hopes for actually winning the contest <clears throat> are. Man, they're really slim and none, and so really what we're concentrating on now is winning one of these three-week competitions, maybe a six-week after that if we can get there, and we can still possibly land in the money for the year, but uh, man, it's all a fucking uphill from here. Need some five and O's, five and O's coming. right now what's happening over here excuse me what is happening here what is happening what the fuck just happened oh you know what's happening it's time for all those wins coming in the air tonight baby Longhorn's time to go over all those games in the NFL in the air tonight. And we're going to start down in Hotlanta with those Falcons. Five and a half point home dogs of San Francisco 49ers. All right. And right out of the gate, this is the Danger Zone game of the week. Okay, so I spoke last week that, you know, maybe it's time to get off that Atlanta 4-0 ATS bandwagon. Well, now they're 5-0 ATS. They just keep freaking covering. This year is Detroit. Um, you know, it's it's um, this is one of those games, another trip back to the East Coast for, or, you know, this side of the country for San Francisco. They, they lost another Defensive player Mosley on defense. Um, you know, it's 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 just one of those games where, of course, San Francisco should be able to handle this um, Atlanta team pretty, you know, pretty easily. But that just doesn't happen in the NFL, especially on the road back to back like this. Long trips, home dog of over three. I'm going to lean to Atlanta in the points. And really, you know, if if San Fran doesn't bring their A game or at least their P game, then you know they can't sleepwalk their way through this through this game and think they can come away with a win. So uh, lean to Atlanta for me on this one. Yeah, I am absolutely 100 on the other side. Uh, love, love, love San Francisco in this spot. First of all, it's not another long road trip. They stayed on the East Coast and they've done I, this four I times. I figured they would. I figured they would. They've done this four times so far under Shanty. And on the back-to-back, they are 4-0 straight up and ATS on these West Coast to East Coast trips. They found a little sanctuary on the East Coast where they all get together. Shanahan talked about it this week. Hey, this is, you know, the spot we come together with all of our camaraderie. 
all this stuff. Jimmy G's obviously now 100% back on the helm. There is no quarterback controversy. All this is nothing in his way. It's his team again. Um, he solidified that by what he's done. And again, San Francisco is the number five currently total DVOA team in the league. And uh, Atlanta is, where are they? Not as bad as you would think, 15. Uh, but they're also against the, that's 15th against the 15th schedule. So basically average, a little bit above average, but a little bit above average. San Francisco is well above average. And you saw what they did last week. To a team well below average in Carolina. That game was never close. We called that right here on the podcast. It was one of our hits for sure uh, to the clients and in the contest. And I feel pretty confident about that this week. And here's the thing. Atlanta last week, uh, and you you made a great call on them. Uh, I think it was a danger zone or was that a big dick pick? I can't remember. Atlanta versus who? Uh, shit, who was it last week? No, Atlanta played Tampa Bay. Um, yeah, yeah, Tampa Bay. You didn't call that? No, no I okay. kind of. Yeah. Well, I, th- I thought that was the week that Atlanta would kind of come back down to earth, and, which and, they did, and they did. They were they were yeah. down twenty-one to nothing or whatever the but fuck they it don't, was. But they don't quarter. quit. They just don't quit. Yeah, they don't quit. But Tampa Bay is not a team that. Also, I mean, they're not also that team that's going to sit there and grind on you and grind on and grind you. And <clears> San Francisco, that's all they can do. They have no other mode. They're just a grinding team. They grind on defense. They grind on offense. Tampa Bay totally let their foot off the gas. Let Atlanta back in that game. That was never a football game. That was, I mean, anybody that had Tampa Bay, which, you know, if you did, what a fucking unlucky backdoor cover that they got. It was a bunch of horse shit. Um, And San Francisco just, they don't know any other way to play except just to grind you out. And that's what they're about to do. You know, I said it last week on the podcast that Atlanta was going to get blown out by Tampa Bay. They absolutely did. I didn't see Tampa Bay just completely just quitting in the fourth <clears> quarter. <throat> that's generally not what Brady does. Um, you know, maybe maybe that's a sign of things to come as far as, like, he is 45, and maybe he's a little bit hammer off the gas when he knows they got, like, he might not want to expend that extra energy. Maybe he doesn't have the energy to spend. Maybe he knows his team is been battling injury after injury after injury he's got his offensive line problems so maybe he was just happy to get out of there you know they knew they were going to win the game they were never not going to win that game so i'm a little i don't i'm not a huge fan of what like san francisco is not grading out real extremely well and you can tell me what because we have different metrics uh that we use but their san francisco's offense is just not grading out as high as you would think it would be even in the running game um this year and atlanta's I mean, it really is uh, over over five weeks, anyways. Um, yeah, so. no, San, San Francisco is 16th in DVOA, so exactly average, and that is what's holding them back in our power rankings for sure. Because again, we weight offense, you know, a little bit heavier than defense because it's the modern NFL, and you just have to. <clears throat> yeah. But they do have the number one defense in DVOA, and they just man, it's hard to score on those guys because. You know, you basically can't run on them, which means you're literally relying on the pass. And Marcus Mariota has been absolute dog shit uh, pretty much this entire year. So, 
Yeah, I, I'm 100% against you. I got San Francisco to right. win this game and cover this game. We are going to – we are going oppo, show bet, show bet. Sounds good to me. All right, one unit on that. <laughs> All right, moving on. Two. Right on the screen here. Oh, we're going to Cleveland. Well, those Cleveland Browns are now down to two and a half. And that is what it is in the Super Contest. God damn it. Two and a half point home favorites to the New England <laughs> Patriots. Right, it sounds like we're going to be off 0-2 for two here because I'm glad it's down to two and a half because I, I love Cleveland in this spot. You got a uh, relatively weak arm rookie quarterback going on his first road start. Don't you dare say <laughs> that bet. about my boy Bailey Zappi. Don't you dare yeah. say it. Yeah, he's 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 a fine he's a fine young prospect with an average <laughs> arm. Uh, going to the windy city of Cleveland. Going to the windy city of Cleveland, coming off a loss that they should have won. Well, could have won. I mean, they they had a field goal to win, and that was the danger zone uh, pick that I had. Yeah, you last nailed week. that one. Yeah, yeah okay. I mean, That's, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, New England coming off an easy win with never even fucking. I mean, it was never a contest. Uh, New Did England Detroit is, actually, I didn't get to watch the game because I was uh, in Green, Texas, uh, mm-hmm. down in Green Hall, oh, yeah. having lunch, and I didn't actually get to watch. Did Detroit actually show up to the game? Because they didn't. It was just a zero on their sign, so I just assume that maybe they, <laughs> maybe they missed yeah. the game. They showed it up was late. A, I, I, you know how you have look, seven on seven. You know how you have a seven on seven scrimmage. It was eleven on zero. Uh, just no okay. show. Okay, so they just forfeited. <clears> so really, the fact that New England only put up uh, 38, 30, whatever they put up is kind of a uh, it's unimpressive, unimpressive going against air. Um, but <laughs> but I will say New England is twentieth in rush defense. And anytime I'm quoting stats, uh, mine are all from PFF rankings. So you know, uh, Bo Sebas over there has his metrics. Mine all come from PFF. Uh, 20th in rush defense for New England. And Cleveland, shocker, is number one in run blocking and also just, just running back efficiency. Um, so to me, it's a smash spot for Cleveland. I love the fact that it's dropped down to two and a half. Um, just I don't think you can underestimate a r- rookie quarterback making his first road start in a place that's not particularly friendly to quarterbacks You know, as you get later into the year. But uh, what do you got? Yeah, so the numbers agree with New England, and I was excited about playing New England. However, uh, I do not think, I 100% agree with you, I do not think you can underestimate a rookie quarterback making his first start on the road, period. Like, that's just one of those things in, just in football, you can't, who was it last week we talked about that? I was a rookie quarterback. As, his uh, it was Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, Kenny name? Pickett. Yeah. yeah, and we talked about, well, maybe they can hold it close. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, maybe, but it's a rookie quarterback on the road versus the very best team in football. So there is going to be no back door. Either Buffalo shits down their pants or they kick the shit out of them. And that's kind of where we left it. And obviously you saw what happened. They kicked the shit out of them. Uh, so, and – now, personally, do I think Bailey Zappi is better, better than Kenny Pickett? Uh, and this is not hyperbole. Yes, I do. I do think Bailey Zappi is a better quarterback mm. than Kenny Pickett. However, hot take. Hot take. I, I don't think it's that hot of a take. However, I think you saying he has an average arm 
is probably generous. <laughs> uh, I don't think he's going to do well in New England when the winter time comes. So, you know, hopefully, you know, he does continue to have some success and we can catch some cheap wins on him along the way and then come when the when the winter time comes and everybody's and when everybody in the country knows my boy Bailey Zappi's name cuz nobody knows him right now, which first of all, you know, nobody's even talking about him. He just led his team to a shutout victory, which they completely dominated and he played well, not cuz he I say burnt the doors off of him, but he played well and nobody's talking about him. You know, so that's the kind of thing that we like as gamblers, is kind of things that go under the table. And I think that will continue, but in this spot, man, I'm not I'm not eager to back the numbers on this one. Uh, I probably wouldn't bet against them, but if if I had to pick one of any of the matchups where the numbers agree, uh there's two spots where I don't like them, and this is definitely one of those two. So I can't help but lean with you. And now that it's two and a half, there's zero, zero mm-hmm. chance that I have any interest in backing <laughs> the Patriots at this point. But I will say this, and here's the cat. Here, here's the other, here's the other thing that made me love this game besides the numbers is the starting quarterback for Cleveland is Jacoby Brissett. So who coached Jacoby Brissett? When he was a starter before, and who knows him inside and out? Yeah. That's Bill Belichick. Now, I did mention last week on the podcast, I didn't like Detroit in that spot because he was going, Jared Goff was going against Bill Belichick, who they were the best offense in the NFL that year. They faced him in the Super Bowl and they scored, what, nine points? I don't, they didn't score a touchdown. Did not score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. And because right. Belichick, Learned his, uh, whatever his weaknesses is, whatever he doesn't like to do. And Belichick always is going to force you what you do not like to do. Belichick 100% knows what Jacoby Brissett can do and what he can't do. Because he had him on his roster. He started games for him. He had him in practice. Mm -hmm. He 100% knows what this dude does like to do and doesn't like to do. So I don't like Cleveland at the two and a half simply because of that. But if I had to bet it, I would because of the number and just because of the fact that as much as, as limited as Cleveland can be in the offense, as Bell will try to make them be, I don't know that a rookie quarterback on the road, even my boy Bailey Zappi, is going to be enough to overcome, you know. But Cleveland's defense is so shitty. Like, they're so shitty. Because Cleveland's offense is actually really good. It's like top, I don't know what it is. Uh, yeah, it's very good. Very good. It's uh, it's number four DVOA in the entire NFL, number four. But they're number thirty in defense because their defense fucking sucks. So, I mean, their defense is right for the picking, even for a rookie quarterback on his first start on the road. So again, that that's why I can't. It, I love New England at three because I think they can win the game at two and a half. Now, now I have to think they win the game. Like, if you're gonna bet New England at this point, you have to think they win the game. Like, you have to say, New England's going to win. I'll take the two and a half because I'm not going to need them. Might as well just bet. Don't don't even bet the two and a half. Just bet the money line. Fuck the two and a half points. Bet the money line, if that's what you think, and just go with it. Otherwise, you're going to have to lay the two and a half at Cleveland and hope to God that they can score, you know, enough points or 
that Bailey Zappi, you know, kind of shits down his pants, which, good luck with that, because he didn't do it ever in college, and, uh, you know, through one start, he hasn't done it yet, so we'll see. Mm. Cleveland's going to hold the ball for 40 minutes and (laughs) hand it off about 50 times. Uh, Check the weather. Right now, it's supposed to be sunny and about, you know, in in the, you know, 40s at game time, Um, but there is rain coming in on Monday, so, you know, Check the weather as it gets closer to game time. If that rain comes in a little bit earlier than expected, um, that could get real bad for New England real quick. All right, we're going to move on to those Green Bay Packers, those motherfuckers. <clears throat> They're seven-and-a-half-point consensus favorites now over the New York J-E-T-S. Jets! 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 Yep, uh, so this would, this is a caveat, this would be the big dick pick of the week if Green Bay would have actually won last week against the Giants, but they couldn't They couldn't manage to beat those uh, pesky Giants over there uh, in, in Iraq. Motherfuckers! Where, wherever the hell they played over there across the pond. Um, everything from the preseason analysis of these two teams tells me that green bay should win by 10 plus points but i can't find anything in digging into numbers to support that um and and you know i'm really not sure how green bay can even consistently move the ball here in this game against this jets defense the jets are 10th against the rush um and seventh overall uh, about PFF and um, and and that's just on that side of the ball. On the other side, I don't know what the fuck's going on with the Green Bay defense. This was a defense that was supposed to be really good coming into the year, and it's just not there. Um, again, I'm not going to hit the sounder, and I'm not going to make it a big dick pick of the week or anything like that, just because Green Bay's coming off a loss. And as weird as it sounds, this is a must-win spot for Green Bay at home against the Jets. But, uh, yeah, give me those fucking points for sure. I'm going to gobble those up, try to get that before it drops down to seven, uh, maybe even under seven. Uh, it's already it's already been at seven. Okay, it so it's back up to seven and a half. So, so grab it at seven. Find it, grab it at seven and a half, because who knows what this is going to do by game time. It could dip down to six and a half. Um, so if you like the Jets, grab them now. Yeah, so... You might not be ready to hit the sounder, but I am ready to <laughs> not hit the sounder. No. Oh, big fucking letdown. Oh, but geez. I do 100% agree with you on, look, here's the thing. I know this is going to sound fucking crazy. I know it's going to sound crazy, <laughs> but this is 100%. This this part's not crazy. It's 100% a numbers agreement. It's a big line. That's not crazy by our numbers for sure, but... If I were to tell you that, you know, the Jets and Green Bay are about three points apart, <laughs> that would sound crazy. Like, Green Bay's three points better than them, right? And then, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you, maybe you give Green Bay the full three for whatever. Yeah, they get, the, they get the full three. So that makes six. So we're looking at seven and a half. So, of course, of course, the Jets are the fucking play. That is where the value's at. Uh, th- there's no, and if you look at the look ahead line from the summer, it was nine and a half. This game opened at seven. It's bounced up to seven and a half. I don't think it goes back below seven. I really don't. There's not going to be enough market support to, to go back past that number because, uh, quite frankly, Green Bay is just too public of a team for that to happen. 
on game day. However, yeah, absolutely grab a seven and a half right now. I'm 100% with you on that. I cannot fucking believe I'm saying that out loud, but yeah, I know. it is what it is, man. It, I mean, Green Bay, and, until they show, and here's the thing, until these teams show us differently, you know, Green Bay had the, the, the situation. They were the big favorite in London. That is a smash spot historically for a big favorite. They came out, got up 17 to 3. They did exactly what we all thought. Well, they did what they they were what we thought they were. <laughs> yeah. And then what do they do? They let the Giants come all the way fucking back. And at first it's like, God damn it, they're gonna blow the cover. And then all of a sudden, Giants just fucking win the game. They just win the fucking game. Unfucking believable, unbelievable that they could choke that fucking spot away. So I'm with you that, I mean, if if Aaron Rodgers has anything left in the tank, which he's a very middling quarterback right now, which is very troublesome from Green Bay, but they are still the number eight, number eight overall DVOA offense. They have been pretty good at running the ball. But if he's got anything left in the tank, he knows they have to win this game. They know they have to win this game. It's him. It's a pretty good coach at home. You know, I 100% expect him to win the game, but... Seven and a half seems extreme to me. Now, if fucking uh, old Junior over there starts fucking chucking up picks, this game could get ugly. This game really could get fucking ugly, and Green Bay could roll. But I have nothing to support that other than the fact that the priors that is Aaron Rodgers versus fucking Zach, whatever his name is. His name's Zach. Zach Wilson? Yeah. That's- yeah, he, and it, I mean it's short sample, but he's he's grading out really high right now. And I'm looking at the PFF grades of the Jets' offensive weapons versus the the defensive backs of Green Bay. And again, short sample, but it's ugly. It's fucking way the grades are way in favor of yeah, the there, mean. There's the mean no, there's no there is no statistical or analysis reason that the Jets don't cover this spread. The only reason they, the that they won't is because they're the Jets and Green Bay Green Bay. And the NFL is the NFL. And sometimes shit just kind of rides itself. And that's they're in a real bad fucking spot. Oh, I forgot to mention that up top. So, uh, again, teams that cover versus teams that didn't cover, this is one of those spots. Green Bay is in this spot. But, again, our numbers are on the Jets. So, man, I'm always yep. going to lean to our numbers on that part. That's the only reason I didn't pick the Jets to win is just because the Giants beat them last week. So, All right, moving on. Those Indianapolis Colts, one-and-a-half-point home favorites versus my Jacksonville Jaguars. It's one down to one-and-a-half now, huh? One-and-a-half. Well, I've already bet the Jags on a teaser up to eight-and-a-half. Um, so the fact that it's, uh, well, yep, that's not, that's what's the, what does the contest pop at? Do you know, which way did they go on that one? I will get that momentary. Okay. So I was kind of actually hoping that this would go the other way. That's kind of how my write-up was, but you just, it you is just, one and a half. Yeah. All right. Well, fuck me. So I, I just forget all that. So, um, Listen, Jacksonville, they lost to Houston last week. They always lose to Houston. I mean, that should have been a slam dunk pick for us in the Super Contest. I don't know why we didn't. Jacksonville never beats Houston. Just like they always beat Indy, uh, specifically in Jacksonville, they always lose to Houston. Um, So, you know, I was hoping to get three and have a slam dunk division opponent plus three here. 
Uh, doesn't look like it's going that way. So the fact that it's at one and a half coming down from two and a half, I would still tease that up to the plus seven and a half. Um, I don't see much value outside of that. It, sitting at that one and a half spot, you can tell me uh, more about that. But situationally, it does feel like a get right spot for Jacksonville. I don't think they're as bad as what they've looked against Houston. And if you look at the underlying numbers against Houston, they dominated that game uh, with, the, with the stats. They just didn't show up on the scoreboard because they never beat Houston on the scoreboard. Um, um, so I, it feels like a get right spot for Jacksonville. Um, but at one and a half, you're basically doing a pick them there. So I would just tease up and, and, uh, and play that. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. The The numbers are in agreement on Jacksonville. And uh, to your point on, I'm pulling up the, I had these, but now I'm trying to pull up the Jacksonville-Houston game of how bad it actually was and how bad Jacksonville had to be to <laughs> somehow lose that fucking game. Yeah, it was pretty bad. All right, so here we go. First downs, 22-15 to 15 in favor of Jacksonville. Third down efficiency, 16 to 14, 5 30. That's pretty even. Total yards, 422 for Jacksonville, 248 for Houston. <laughs> yards per play, boys and girls, 5.8 for Jacksonville, 4.4 for Houston. It was the second worst total of the entire fucking week. It was ridiculous. The, on, the only fucking thing, the only fucking thing. I mean, the penalties were four and six, 20 more yards against Jacksonville. The only thing were the fucking turnovers. But, again, even on the turnover, even on the turnovers, the only one that was the the bad one was the fucking uh, pick six. Or, I don't even think it was a pick six. Uh, the interception that... Um, Lawrence threw in a high leverage situation. It was a terrible fucking decision. That that's the one that really cost them the most points analytically. I think I think it ended up costing like either seven or eight points just on that one play. Uh, now the hell mary that is what it is. That you know that doesn't cost you anything. Right. So that doesn't matter. So it is two it is two turnovers to none. But it's really one. But that one was the difference in the football game because if you take everything else. Yards for play, yards gained, first downs, all that. I mean, Jacksonville should have won the game by 13 points. But that one turnover pretty much negates all of that. And that's how Houston somehow uh, Mm -hmm. fucking wins that game. Now, in the long run, that's really good for us because we have an under on both of them. So, I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about it. Could have tied. Could have tied, I guess. But, yeah, a tie would be better. Two ties for Houston. (laughs) That'd be shit. fucking they can, great. They can, they can tie the rest of the 17. I don't give a fuck. That'd be fucking great. But uh, here's what I will say. That also puts us in an advantageous spot here where they can go win a game where you weren't projecting them to win the game because preseason, uh, they were four-point dogs here. And at the look at the earliest look ahead line, they were seven-point dogs in Indy. Now it's one and a half. One and a half. Yeah. So it's now it's a coin flip. Now, that might be a little bit of overcorrection, but our numbers, again, are still on Jacksonville. I like Jacksonville. Go fucking Jacks. All right. All right, moving on. Those Minnesota Vikings. New man on the Minnesota Vikings. They're fucking going to Miami. 
is a three and a half point road favorites. I have no idea what you just sang, but I mean, I'm sure somebody does. Uh, That's your girl Lizzo. Oh, okay. How about that? It's, it's, you know, it's the pop culture reference with with no knowledge behind it is always the best, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Thursday night, obviously, is Chicago and Washington. They are our uh, weekly perennial uh, Hello Corner TV game opponents, and they are playing each other. So we don't have a Hello Corner TV game this week, but if we did, it would for sure be this game. It's a complete stay away from me. you got an unknown rookie at quarterback, a seventh-round rookie, uh, but they are playing at home. Is this, a, is this in Miami? This is in Miami. Yes. Miami. And my, so, so he is playing at home. Um, this is a perfect fuck-off spot for Cousins. So too many things unknown or all over the place for me. Um, to It's just complete stay away. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, I, tr- I tried to find an edge here just because a lot of people aren't going to play this, especially like if you think about something like the Super Contest, mm-hmm. a lot of people are just tossing this off their card. So to me, anytime I see that, that's a situation where we could really come in there and maybe steal a fucking point if we could find an edge somewhere. However, mm-hmm. uh, you know, by our power rankings, uh, it should... All things being equal, let's say two. Let's say two was still in there, right? Miami should be a point and a half favorite. Now, if you look at the look ahead from the summertime, they were laying three. It's about a point and a half downgrade through Miami if two was in there. So you're looking at Minnesota minus three. So now you got four and a half points. So it's a six point swing from preseason to now, and then from our numbers, it's a four and a half point swing. So now you got now the challenge is grading from Tua to a guy that you know I've never fucking heard of in life. Um, so if you go from Kansas Tua, State, great Kansas State, that's where he played, but I never saw him play, and I watch a lot of goddamn college football. So if I haven't seen him play, that's probably telling you something. Um, from Tua to Teddy, you know, was right about three points. Now, from Ted, Teddy is the highest of the high, like, of backup quarterbacks. So, that doesn't mean that Tua sucks. I'm not saying that. And Teddy is the best backup quarterback in all of the NFL by anybody's ranking. Like, he just is that dude. Uh, until Baker takes his spot as, <laughs> as a... Permanent backup, and then and then you then you can argue, but whatever. Right now, Teddy's the dude. Um, so from a very high, the highest you can get as a backup quarterback to an unknown rookie quarterback, where that gap is and how many points. I mean, your guess is good as fucking mine. I haven't heard anybody that could really cap that properly. I mean, we we all have our estimates or whatever. Um, even with my best estimate, though, it's got it's got to be at least another six points. So at four and a half, you're looking at six. I mean, it's still even at three point three and a half points. You're still looking at value on Minnesota, hypothetically, right? So again, I, I wanted to find an edge in this game. I really fucking did. I wanted to back one. I didn't care which side. I just wanted to find a side. 
and man, I just threw all my digging. I couldn't, I couldn't responsibly do it. So I'm with you. It, it's a, it's a pass for me. But just a lesson to everybody out there: just because it's backup quarterback, third string quarterback, don't just throw those games off your card, man. Try to dig in. Try to find something because everybody else is throwing those games off your card. So if you're in a, if you're in a survivor pool. Or if you're in a not a survivor pool, but if you're in a, a pool where you have to pick the winners every week, all 16 games. If you're you know in a super contest like we are, man, try to find the value because finding the values in these ugly ass games where everybody else is going to stay away, that is what will separate you from your competition if you're able to do it correctly. It's just at this point, I mean, I've seen what I mean three quarters from this kid. He obviously looked like absolute dog shit. He obviously wasn't prepared to play. Not his fault. It is what it is. He's got a week of practice under him now. He's been running with the ones. He's finally—I I guarantee it's the most burn this kid has had the entire, from training camp all the way fucking on. It's the most reps. It's the most time. Maybe he comes out. Maybe he looks better. Maybe he can cover. But man, at three and a half, that's such a short number. And Minnesota's actually a pretty good team. I, I just can't do it. Yeah, me neither. All right, moving on. Those new Hall and Saints. Those motherfuckers. One and a half point home dogs to the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, buddy. Now here's one I can do. And hit that sounder because this is where the Saints go marching and pick up another win. Um, They've kind of, I mean, I know it's only been one game, but they found a little bit of an identity last week. Mixing in Andy Dalton with fucking Taysom Hill. Oh, my God. Did you see homeboy stat line? He was all over the place. Um, I just, I, I mean, and let's not forget that Andy played for, uh, you know, he, his former team is Cincy. It's always a little bit, you know, when you're playing your former team and you were there for a long time, it's always a little bit of extra juice. Um, but Cincy just really hasn't shown the ability to score much this year at all and i don't think that um they're gonna have the firepower which is weird to say for a team that has the kind of weapons that they got but until i see it this year i'm just gonna assume this is the way it is until they prove otherwise but i don't think they're gonna have the firepower to keep up with a, a minnesota or excuse me a new orleans offense that's kind of you know kind of clicked since annie's come in and has shown the ability to move the ball both through the air and on the ground uh with the, with that change up got so, yeah, is it, uh, I think New Orleans wins this game. I think they go to, uh, yeah, this will put them at 3-3. Three and three and, and I was high on New Orleans coming in. I know I look like I know I know stupid early in the, in the season, but, you know, they barely lost to Minnesota. Uh, they barely start, just lost, man. They, they barely just lost, and they're starting to show a little something. So <laughs> I think this is a game that they go out. And they just take control at home, and, and they get another another win at home. So, yeah, love the Saints here. Yeah, well, the numbers are split on this one. I don't have a really good feel on this one. Um, I'm split on it as well. I, You know, since he has not shown here, – here's the thing. Like, last season, right, what was our bag on since Cincy's offense was great. Burrow's great. Their defense sucks. Fucking sucks. It was bottom third of the league. They went on a lucky fucking run of turnovers last couple weeks of the season. It continued throughout the playoffs. Took them all the way to the goddamn Super Bowl, right? Um, Then, of course, they got beat by the better team pretty handily. So if I told you, Longhorn, hey, guess what? 
Cincy this year, they're going to have the number eight DBOA defense. What would you say their record was through five weeks with that offense? Four and one. That's probably pretty fair. It just blind schedule doesn't make a fuck who they played. Four and one. I'd say that's pretty fair. Uh, yeah, but their offense this year is 25th in DBOA now. Like, they can't score the football. They cannot score the football. And, you know, ever since uh, old Joey Burrow went woke, he's kind of gone broke. <laughs> so, um, and I saw, I saw, and not that this is anything, but it is hilarious to me just because you know me, you know my quirks. I like to pay attention to little things, little things, you know. They don't always tell me everything, but, you know, it kind of, everything's, nothing is everything, but everything's something. And he was in the press conference today, and he's sitting up there, and a member of the press sneezed, like, audibly sneezed, kind of loud. And he literally jumped, like, fucking had a shudder and jumped, like, a scared jump. I'm like, God damn, how shook is this dude right now behind this offensive line that a sneeze in a press conference <laughs> makes him literally like shudder, like shake, like a fucking cricket's leg when the wind rolls. Like, <laughs> Got him. I, I mean, I think he's kind of fucking battle shot, right? I really fucking well, do. Well, looking at his offensive line uh, PFF rankings across the board, it's fucking garbage. And <laughs> these are all people that they brought in to be... I mean, and nobody's worked. No, tell me the person that's worked that they brought in. None tell of them. Tell me one guy. I mean, Karras is Karras is below average at center. Ka, uh, Kappa brought in from Tampa Bay. He's twenty fifth. Five better Kappa. He's twenty fifth at guards. Uh, Collins, who they brought in from Dallas, he's got a fifty three ranking. Like, and then the, the left tackle's got a fifty eight. They are fucking turnstiles in front of him. So we know Burrow's good. This is not this is not shots at Burrow. Burrow's fucking amazing. Their weapons are awesome. <laughs> If they're all, eh, he is. He's he's fucking great, dude. No one's good behind a shit offensive line, and yeah, he's shook. And when when you get quarterbacks that are shook who have been hurt, this is gonna happen. That uh, this offensive line was supposed to be fixed. Oh, not to mention the the rookie at left guard who they who they drafted. He's got the worst ranking on the line at forty nine. Like it is straight fucking garbage mm. right now. If they don't fix this, he will not finish the season. It doesn't matter that they got Higgins and Chase and Boyd. All you know, ranking very high PFF, uh, just doesn't matter if you can't if you can't get your quarterback comfortable. None of this matters. So yeah, Saints win. Saints fucking win. Uh, do me a favor, real quick, and pull up. And this is just for the uh, crying cow fans that were crying so loudly about Collins leaving and Steele stepping <laughs> in. So just look up Steele. I'm pretty. Co- I don't know shit about PFF. But that's your Steel. deal. I'm pretty confident that he's got to be a higher rank than uh, Collins is. What did I say Collins was? Collins is 53.2. 53.2. Same position, right? Right tackle, both of them? Yeah, I'm just scrolling through the game. It's just quicker for me to do it this way. That's fine. So, But here's what I will say about this game further than that. like uh, The reason why I'm not banging the table for New Orleans is simply because their offense is 20th in DVOA. You know, they... If they get in the rhythm, they can score. And if they play, you know, lesser teams, they definitely can score. But since he does have, you know, their defense is playing really well. So I think New Orleans is going to struggle a little bit offensively. I think this game is going to be ugly. So I do understand why they're – I do understand why they are the dogs. And the numbers are split on this game. So obviously analytically, 
it's perfectly fine for them to be the dogs here. Now, can they win this game? Uh, absolutely, they can win this game. Uh, so it, it take them on the money line, take them on the tees, take them with the points. Like take 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 the ones I, all no, the way. I, I actually I would not take the points. I I take them on the money line. I'm taking the tees. That's that's how I'd bet them. I wouldn't take them with the points just because. To me, they're either going to win this game outright, or you know. Not that Burrow's going to wake up, but they're just going to do enough against this, you know, kind of subpar. It's not kind of subpar uh, Saints defense. It's, well, no, it, Saints defense is fine. It's twelve, so my bad. They're going to out. They're going to outscore. Around. You know, this shitty Saints offense, even with their shitty offense, because their defense is just better than the Saints. Or, the Saints are going to get after Burrow like everybody else has, and he's not going to have any time to throw. And the Saints are just going to kind of run it down their throat, and they'll just kind of control the game and somehow find a way to win it. So, Steele has a seventy-two point eight. He's the highest graded offensive lineman for the Dallas Cowboys. So much better than. Collins. Oh, is that better? Is it better it's than Collins? A little better. A little better. Okay, so uh, crying Cowboys fans, uh, maybe shut the fuck up and just uh, trust your front office just a little bit. Uh-huh. At Bo I, 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 I told, I, I, I told you, you motherfuckers, just <laughs> shut your goddamn mouths. I know what I'm doing. I'm Jared Jones. I'm a billionaire. All right. He's killing it. He's killing it. All right. <laughs> All right, moving on. Those New York football giants, they won't stop fucking winning. Mm-mm-mm. They're five and a half point home dogs against the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I'm kind of sick of these giants winning these games with, I don't know, the worst receiving core that I've ever seen in not only modern day football, but just football period. Like you're not supposed to be able to win with a receiving core like this. Certainly not in today's NFL. Uh, I'd, I'd like to think that this is the situational slam dunk spot for Baltimore. And they kind of flex here and in this Cinderella run, um, all the numbers I'm staring at in front of me, uh, suggest that, but did you say it's up to six now? Consensus? Uh, no, sir. Five and a half. Okay. But lots of books at six. Lots yeah. of books at six. And the super contest, I believe, is at fucking six. I think I was pretty mad about that. Yeah. Let me double check. Nope, five and a half. Okay. I mean, it's, dude, I mean, it sounds weird, but taking, if I, if I take, if I lean Baltimore, I don't exactly feel great about it, even though I should. Um, and if I'm taking the Giants at plus six, I actually I don't hate that. So I, I guess that tells me that I would lean Giants at that six. So, ugh, gross game. All right. Well, I've got something for you on this game. Might help you out a little bit. Now, right. the numbers are split on this game, but Baltimore is one of those teams that did not cover versus a team that obviously did cover. So we get that trend going for us. And here, we, what else we have? Now, this is an obscure trend, but it is 7 for 7. 7 for 7. Mm-hmm. Teams that come back from London with no bye week, because generally they do get a bye week. 7 for 7 of those are losing the game in the fourth quarter of the next week. So that's Green Bay. And the Giants both qualify for that this week. Now, while that's particularly important in this game, is the fourth quarter trends. The Giants are 10th in the league in fourth quarter scoring. 
They've had two tremendous comeback wins where they were literally the the Tennessee game was uh, I think I got this from pregame.com. That was like the second or third highest uh, fourth quarter win share Tennessee had to ever lose a game in the NFL ever since they've been tracking it. So unbelievable mur- miracle comeback. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, last week against Green Bay, right? And I think they had one more game. I can't remember. Either way, they're 10th in the league in fourth quarter scoring. But Baltimore is... uh, Sorry, losing my place here. Baltimore is the... Oh, here... Yeah, sorry. This was to point to the Giants. The Baltimore's 29th in the league in fourth quarter defense. In other words, Baltimore sucks in the fourth quarter on defense. So you would think that would be a good thing for the Giants. However, with this trend, they're going to be losing in the fourth quarter, which means they're running out of steam because they are spent from not having a bye week. That should negate the Giants' biggest advantage over the Ravens, and that is their only advantage over the Ravens, is the fact that they are very good at scoring in the fourth quarter and, and the Baltimore sucks at stopping people in the fourth quarter. So otherwise, I'd probably be all over the Giants here, to be honest with you. But with that being said, the Giants aren't going to have that late game push. They're not going to have their legs. They're not going to have their energy. They're just not going to have it to be able to make that comeback. And they're not going to withstand that initial push by Baltimore. Baltimore is going to push them around. They're going to score early, as they do against everybody. They're going to beat them up early, and the Giants just aren't going to have the legs to come back from it as they have in several games so far this year. So that's why I am definitely leaning Baltimore here, minus the five and a half. Um, So, yeah, go Ravens. All right. All right, moving on. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Woo! They put up a good effort last week. Good effort. They're eight-point home dogs versus Tom Brady Buccaneers. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Another game. I'm just not sure what. I mean, this is a usual slam dunk spot for me with Pittsburgh. I mean, at home, huge home dog. Um, Tampa Bay, I, they're 0-3 in their last three ATS, and I've taken a shit sandwich on all of them. Um, and... You know, like this is, is this a spot where I would want to lean to Tampa to, to kind of get right on the ATS, ATS side? No, not really, not not on the road against uh, what's a really bad team in Pittsburgh, but still, it's a smash spot for the home dog. So, uh, it, it to me, it's either Pittsburgh or nothing, which is exactly what I said last week, uh, and I stayed away from it uh, on this one. I don't know, man. This, this is... This is kind of that spot where something weird is going to happen, and it's a, kind of a close game. But uh, yeah, for me, it's Pittsburgh or nothing. Yeah, uh, the numbers agree with Pittsburgh, and I've got let me pull this up real quick. All right, since 2010, Pittsburgh Steelers are the number one ATS team in the NFL as a home dog, 15, three and two. That is 80 mm. percent covering and they actually cover by an average margin of over six points in those games which means boys and girls 
They win most of those games. Now, obviously, well, obviously, that was a lot with Big Ben and not with fucking Kenny. My hands are too goddamn small to hold a football picket. They had a whole year without him, though, and a bunch of shit quarterbacks. So, I mean. And they still kept all that up, and they were dogs. Yep. So this is Tomlin's spot. It is his time to shine. The numbers agree with that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna step in front of that trend. I don't give a fuck <laughs> that Tom Brady hasn't fucking covered in three. Because here's the thing: if Tom Brady wanted to cover last week, he would have fucking covered. But obviously, Tom at 45. Again, I said it earlier, and I said we'd get to it again. To me, Tom at 45, and with everything going on in his personal life. I don't think he's not focused on football because he's a fucking football robot. So I don't think that that is going to affect him as far as focusing and prepping and doing his very, very best. However, I do think at 45, there's only he knows he knows there's only so many goddamn avocados he can eat in a day, and there's only so much fucking energy that he can expend. There's only so many hits he can fucking take, and I think that he's just trying to do enough. To get his offensive line as healthy as it can be, the, he will have some guys at least coming back. His receiving core is now intact, so he's got his weapons back, but they're still kind of nursing Godwin. Julio Jones plays about five plays a fucking game. Just disregard yeah. him. He doesn't matter. Uh, Beasley retired on him, uh, so they're still trying to workshop some of the stuff. He's still trying to workshop some of the stuff. As long as they go in and get the victory, that's all Tom, Tommy used to care about covering. He did. He did. He's openly admitted it in, you know, kind of off-color interviews and stuff. He doesn't care. About, I, I don't believe that he cares about it anymore. I think he just wants to fucking win. He just wants to get. He just wants to win this division, get in the playoffs, and have one last shot at licking that fucking ring. And to me, that it, I'm with you. It's 100% Steelers or nothing. I couldn't back them last week. Because Buffalo is a goddamn freight train that wants to destroy everybody because Josh Allen's 26 years old, and that's what you do when you're 26. You want to conquer the world, especially when you haven't won anything yet. Tommy's not in that same position, man. He's not in that same boat. So, yeah, I'll agree with you on this. It's Pittsburgh or nothing. Yep. All right, moving on. Those Los Angeles Rams. 10-point home favorites versus those uh oh, we got our coach fired, <laughs> Carolina Panthers. <laughs> yeah, we got a new coach. We got a new quarterback. We have uncertainty all over the place, which keeps me away uh, for the most part. And I was actually ready to lean heavy to Carolina and that huge number here because I kind of figured they had a good enough pass rush to keep uh, this game tight with LA. That is obviously is LA Rams. Uh, weakness. If you can rush the passer against the Rams, you are going to have a shot to win that game. Uh, unfortunately, when I looked it up, uh, Carolina was only 21st ranked pass rush, pass rushing grade PFFs. Yeah, so it just that kind of just like took me all the way out. So this is just a watch and see type game for me. Um, unless you got any like thing that sticks out over there, I, it's just too much uncertainty for me to play. Oh, buddy, do I got something that sticks out? I got a team that can't score points that are laying 10 it's kind of fucking crazy to me <laughs> well i mean no i don't i don't really have anything on this game the only thing i have is uh i don't think LA, no they don't even fit in that so they do fit into this this is before the buy before the buy trend they are home favorite 
Home favorites before the buy, 45, 33, and 2 ATS. Generally, home favorite or home dog before the buy, that is when you want to play this these teams. Uh, I don't know if it's just because they're home and they only got the next week off. I don't know if there's more concentration, more excitement. I don't know what it is about it, but they do generally cover at a really good fucking clip. That's really the only thing I have on this game. The numbers point to Carolina, though. I don't know what to do with this game. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, I man, I looked this up earlier. Hang on. If you look at, if you look at, um, which here's the thing that sucks. Here's the thing that sucks about, and I, I, I did call it. I did call it on the podcast last week. I said, hey, if they get blown the fuck out by San Francisco, which they're about to, I wouldn't be shocked if fucking Coach Wrinkle Khakis gets his ass fucking fired already. And uh, now, here's the thing. Carolina owner, if you're listening to this podcast, which probably you are, obviously. Definitely is, for sure. Uh, I was really just kidding. <laughs> I didn't want him to be fired. We had a great... He was... That made him 1-27. in 27. If you score more than 17 points, they were the easiest handicap in the league. All you had to do was like, oh, they, is the other team going to score 17 or more? Well, fucking take the other team. That's a fucking winner. That's all you had to do. It was the ah. Oh, I'm so sick that this fucking guy's gone. I, I anyway. will. I will say this. Uh, you, well, obviously we don't know because then we'll find out Sunday. But the rankings of the offensive line, which you know, if you don't, if you don't look at the rankings and the and the grades, you would think that Carolina's offensive line has been absolute dog shit. Because all you see is Baker doing his. No, mark. I wouldn't think that. I've oh, watched some of their games. He's had you, plenty of time to throw. There you go. So, so now, it, which what we don't know is is Baker broken, and also on the other side, can Walker take advantage? Like maybe Walker's is broken too, and he won't be able to take advantage. But if you look at the grades, there's weapons here. You've got McCaffrey in the backfield. The offensive line is is not grading out very very. It's not awful. It's it's not great, but it's also not awful. So. That could, in this game, it could get dicey. Like, actually, this is a great money line uh, type. You know, if you got like a money line parlay or a money line round robin, Carolina's a great one to put in there because the variance of this game, they could get blown out or they could come in there and just, and just you know, you could see a completely different offense uh, with a new quarterback. So, you know, I, but too much uncertainty for me to play for sure. Sir, that's the second time that you've disgraced one of my favorite former college quarterbacks, Mr. P.J. Walker, when he was at Temple and mm. played for Matt Rule. He won us a lot of goddamn money. Mm. He played a lot of goddamn good football. So I thank you keep your fucking mouth shut I'm sure he about did. him. I'm sure he really uh, did. Now, he sucked ass so far in the NFL, which no big shocker, but he was really good at Temple. But anyway, back to my point. The Rams. So we're laying... Okay. We're laying 10 points. Here's the Rams' scoring output so far this season. 10 points against the Bills. No shame in that. Best team in the league. Best, mm-hmm. Second best defense in the league. Whatever. 31 against the Falcons. Well, their defense sucks ass. They scored 20 against the Cardinals. Again, another shitty defense. Then they scored 9 against the 49ers and 10 against the Cowboys. So basically, every good defense they've played... They can't score the football. Now, flip over and look at Carolina. As I scroll down try to find them. Fucking, uh, yeah. 
They're horrible. 31st overall in DVOA, but 17th in defense. So just barely below average. So they're not that bad on the defense side of the ball. If Baker wouldn't turn the fucking ball over so much, they're definitely not as bad as the record would say they are. But the fact their offense is 32nd and offense is more important than defense, that's why they suck balls. So they're not going to score the ball particularly well. But are you really going to lay 10 points for a team that scored you know, no. more than 20 points one time against the fucking Falcons? No, actually, I've, I, I actually, I'm on Carolina now. This is enough to talk to me. I, I, I'm on Carolina and that huge number. Yeah, Carolina's, or sorry, Atlanta's 27th in DBOA. That's the only time they've scored more than 20 points the entire fucking season. So yeah, go Panthers. And I, I, I'm not sure that and we did. We talked about we talked about it after week one. We talked about our week one. We've kind of forgotten about it, or not forgotten, but kind of gotten away from it a little bit. We're not sure. That Matthew Stafford is healthy. No. We're not sure. We're still not sure. And they're ne- they're never going to tell us. Obviously, obviously, I don't think that he can or is right just by looking at him. But well, we know the offensive line sucks, and we know that uh, the receiver they brought in sucks, too. He's done, too. So it's really just yeah. can he get the ball to Cup, and can Cooper can, Cup can run Cup away? Can Cup score three touchdowns? <laughs> yeah, that's it. And that, that's all you need to know. Can he score three touchdowns? Yeah, go Carolina. All right, boys and girls, we're going to move on. And if you're keeping score at home, that is two strikes against Longhorn. I'm talking shit about ex-college quarterbacks that I love. I swear <laughs> to fucking Christ, if he talks any shit about Johnny Football mm-hmm. now to the end of the podcast, I will walk away. You will get no free picks. You, Tiny Tim, and his ukulele will go, Why they say hello to my little friend? <laughs> Johnny, Johnny football's got a fucking nose full of cocaine somewhere. Yeah, I'm not going to count that as a slight. This one made him a great player. Anyway, <laughs> Seattle, they're at home. Two and a half one. Home dogs, little circus midget. Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, and I went back and forth on this one and uh, was trying to decide if I should do it. And I'm no fucking coward pussy, so hit that sounder. I am going to take Seattle here to win this game. To me, it's... I'm not very big on Arizona. Uh, they are my kryptonite, so I could be way wrong uh, on this game. But for two rosters that I don't think are particularly very good, either one of them, it's going to come down to the quarterback to me in this matchup. And Seattle's at home. And when you look at the quarterback matchup, I mean, this is not even close. Geno Smith is blowing the circus midget away. Passer rating when clean, 120 to 99. Passer rating under pressure, 85 to 34. Big time throw, 6% to 1.6. Everything points to the quarterback at home getting the points. Give me Seattle on those points. Tease them up if you want to. Take them on the money line if you want to. It's all Seattle for me in this game. Sir, just when I thought (laughs) you couldn't get any dumber. Oh, I hope this is our third disagreement. I hope you it is. totally go and redeem yourself. <laughs> right. I fucking love this fucking. This is a sounder, yeah, Sal. Yeah. I love this fucking sounder. First of all, uh, Longhorn, do you know who number four is in the total QBR in the league this year so far? I mean, I'm gonna guess it's Geno. That will be Geno Smith. And let's scroll down here. Oh yeah, the midget's number thirteen. Now, Longhorn, could you tell me who the 10th best DVOA team in the league is this year? 
That's going to be Seattle. That is Seattle. And you know who number... You know who number 26 is? Hmm, that would be the Circus Midgets. Yeah! That would be the Circus Midgets. And here's the thing. Who's the number one offensive DVOA team now after last week? Oh, that's definitely Seattle. Yeah. And uh, we've said several times offense means more than defense. Who is the number 23-ranked team offensive DVOA? Hmm, it's going to be the Cards. Yeah. So here's the thing, boys and girls. We've got the better team at home getting points. I don't know how else to say it. It's just, it's one of those things where it's a narrative, it's a reputation, it's a preconceived notion, right? The look ahead, the summer look ahead line on this. I'll give you one guess, Longhorn. What was it? Arizona at Seattle. Um, I would say uh, Arizona. Yeah, me way better. So I'd say Arizona minus four and a half. Minus three. Hmm. So yeah. we're at two and a half. So basically, the whole market has decided. Nah. Nah. <laughs> no different. No different. Same same teams, same teams. Remember you used to call those kids? Same teams, same teams. You know, when you'd lose, same teams or you'd win. Yeah, two and a half to three points is three points in several different books. Uh, yeah, if you can get Seattle at three points, you can actually get them. Oh, God damn, look at that big, though. Woo, minus 120. Where's that at? Fucking cockroaches. FanDuel is offering for minus 120. That's the best price that I see. I, I don't think you're going to need them. I think Seattle wins this game. I think Seattle is going to be probably one of the unders that we lose on. And here's the thing. The reason why we're going to lose on this is because we bet Seattle on the under. They were garbage last year with the combination of Russell Wilson and Drew Locke. Shocker! Uh, but we thought, man, Geno Smith, your starter. Like, Drew Locke can't beat up Geno Smith. What a piece of shit Drew Locke is. And Geno Smith has come in and been uh, way fucking better. So, same offense, same personnel, same everything. Switch Geno Smith and Russell Wilson, and you went from one of the worst offenses in the NFL to the very best through five weeks. Russell Wilson, by the way, 26 in total (laughs) QBR right now. Uh, Just ahead of, who's he just ahead of? Matt Ryan. And just below Justin motherfucking Fields. It's actually not the like they're they're starting two tackle two rookie tackles left tackle and right tackle rookies. Oh, so like you tell me it's worse. It's a worse. Yeah, situation. it's worse. It's a worse situation, and he's still balling out back there. It's unfucking believable what he's doing. So maybe old Sneaky Pete was uh, made the right call by letting Russell Wilson go, and all those fans hating on him. Maybe they should owe him an apology. Again, another chance where maybe, just maybe, the people that do this for a living might know a little bit more about their personnel than sometimes. all you fucking mouth breathers out there sometimes. that uh, like to be sometimes. Well, yeah, sometimes. But here's two cases where that's the second case where they have. Yeah, it's, it's slam dunk. You see, I'm not. I'm not going to belabor the point. Uh, the numbers. Okay, yeah. The numbers total agreement in Seattle, and Seattle is a team that did not cover last week versus a team that did cover. 
Got that going. We got the agreement and the trend. Yeah, give me Seattle. All right. All right, moving on to the absolute fucking game of the week. Actually, the game of the year. So far, I'm not fooling this time. Buffalo. Now, it looks like down to, man, this numbers keeps bouncing back and forth. Back down to two and a half point road favorites at the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, not a lot to say about this. I mean, this is going to be the most talked about game all week, and it's it's two teams that everybody knows everything about. So situationally, I don't have a whole lot to say that that won't be said a million times between now and kickoff. I mean, obviously, Buffalo's been built for this game. They, their entire offseason was built for not necessarily this game, but certainly this team. For two years. Uh, for two yeah. years. Because they will – and they'll play Kansas City here uh, this Sunday, and then more than likely they'll play them again in January. You know, it's it's really hard for me to turn down um, free points with Mahomes at home. Um, it's it's you know it, it worked out for me in the playoffs last year in this exact scenario, but that was a game where just the last whoever had the ball last was going to win. This Buffalo defense. Ain't that Buffalo defense. This is a defense that can actually go out and shut down and win a game on that side of the ball also. Uh, so really tough game for me. Um, if I was forced to pick a side now, I would say the higher motivation, I, you got to think, is on Buffalo to get that game in Buffalo in January. So for that fact alone, if you like Buffalo, kind of wait for that dip down to two and a half. Um, if you like KC... Wait for that tip for that you know tick up to three, um, but man, cannot wait to watch this game. Yeah, so the numbers are split on this one. I don't like again. I don't have a lot to say. You're talking about the number one DVOA team by a pretty wide margin in the NFL, but you're going to have to be to go into Kansas City and be the favorite. Like you're going to have to be pretty badass because I guarantee Kansas City's number eight. And I guarantee you, 0% of the other six teams minus Buffalo ahead of them, 0% of them are favorites in Kansas City. 0%. So, that that just tells you how good Buffalo is just to be laying points there. Now, Buffalo whipped them pretty good last year in the regular season. Uh, the game in the playoffs that you referenced, I mean, my God, the – I mean, probably the playoff game. No, I mean, e- e- easily of this decade, probably maybe even last decade. I mean, it, it's hard to bring my memory back that far to that specific. But, I mean, just there was no stopping either one. At the end of the game, there's no stopping either one's offenses. Whoever the ball last was going to do it. Kansas City wins a coin flip. They do it. That is the literal definition, boys and girls, of a coin flip game. It was a coin flipped and the side that it landed on won the game. That That is a definite coin flip game. I think this is much the same. And here's just a lesson, a handicapping lesson. Uh, it's week six. Mm-hmm. There is zero reason, zero reason, unless you have some sort of information that the market doesn't have, you have some sort of insight, your cousin plays for one of these teams or whatever, and, you know, maybe Josh Allen's got the fucking dick flu 
uh, you know, Mahomes' wife has been smacking him around a little bit. Whatever the reason, you actually have some inside info. Other than that, there is zero reason to bet this football game as one of those ones just sit back as a <laughs> fan, as we all yeah. are. Enjoy the watch. Enjoy the ride. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And one game doesn't tell us everything, but it will tell us something. And that is very important to, uh, you know, kind of just log into your memory bank when they do meet again in the playoffs. And I 100% like you expect these teams to meet again in the playoffs. They're just, oh, yeah. it's kind of like they're two forces that are just destined to fucking tend to crash into each other, just like the Colts and the Patriots back in the day between Peyton and uh, uh, Tommy Dude. Boy. So that's that they're the two best quarterbacks in the league. They're the two best quarterbacks that just happen to be in the same conference. It happens to be in the AFC again. It's just it's destined history just repeats itself and we're watching the second ensemble of yeah. Brady versus Manning with yeah. Mahomes versus Allen and it's and just great football. Yeah. They're young. We're gonna see this for a decade, man. Just enjoy the shit out of this. You know and, and whoever this- wins, it doesn't matter. Here here's what I was like. Whoever wins this game, who gives a shit? Everybody's going to overreact. Oh, my God, blah, 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 blah. Who cares? Pay attention. Pay attention to the game. Pay attention to the matchups. Pay attention if there was something that was exploited. Pay attention if that exploitation looks repeatable is the most important thing. Whatever the other team does, does it look like that they can repeat that in a, in a matchup again? Mm-hmm. Or did they take them by surprise by something? It, that's that's what you have to pay attention to in a game like this. This is not a game to bet. This is a game to reference for future because you are going to have to bet in the playoffs if you want to have any action on that particular, especially if it's the AFC Championship game. What else are you going to do? Twitter your fucking thumbs. Now you're going to fucking lay money on one side or the other. So pay attention yeah. and watch what happens. Well, that's what I was going to say is I expect Kansas City on offense to come out and be a heavy running team because – the only weakness, and it's not very much of a weakness, but if like Buffalo's 13th ranked rushing defense, um, so the fact that Casey doesn't have like like K- Kelsey is their main weapon weapon, and with Matt Milano and Edmonds at linebacker, Buffalo is the fifth best at covering tight ends in the NFL. So if I was, you know, I'm not Andy Reid, obviously, but just looking at the numbers, like your best path to Getting some success and moving the ball on offense might be to attack in the running game. Um, but, again, we'll see how this chess match plays out. Russian DVOA, they're number three in the league. So, yeah, yeah. there's not a lot of holes in this fucking... Well, maybe that's because they're always the teams they're playing are always behind, and there's not a whole lot of... I mean, I don't know how that all plays out, but it's... Yeah, it, I mean, DVOA is, is a grade of uh, basically effectiveness and EPA equaled in. So, in other words... How many points expected do you add versus them as a defense? And that's that's a great fucking point. Maybe maybe they're rated too high in that because you're not adding a lot of expected points, you know, running on them because you you don't get to really get into your rhythm running and then late if you try to pop some runs, whatever you're not you're not adding points at that point. Right. So that, that that's a great point. Maybe they're rated a little bit too high on that, but yeah. It, Again, uh, no, no chance in fucking hell would I bet this game. I'm just gonna. I'm going to make. <laughs> this is going to be the first appointment viewing. Appointment for for Bo Cephas in the NFL this year. I generally scan through all the games. 
and watch all of them kind of at the same time and here and there. But yeah, this one's going to be a three thirty game, I think. Yeah, it's going to be a sit down. Fuck every other game. I'm watching this game. Oh yeah. All right. Speaking of another game that I am very interested in watching is the Sunday night football game. Those goddamn Philadelphia Eagles. Now consensus all the way across the board. Oh fuck. I even see him moving to six and a half at one book. But consensus six points. Home favorites versus those Dallas Cowboys. Yep. And stay with me here. Got a little bit of a curveball, but this is the big dick pick of the week. I'm going to pop off a piece of my dick. Big floppy donkey dick. Is that your fucking dick? With my dick. Nice big cock. I'm going to put my dick in. All right, like I said, it's a little bit of a curveball. Usually the big tick, big dick pick of the week is going to be with a big underdog uh, to straight up win. This one's going the other way. This is this is going to be a blowout. This is going to this is not going to be a game that anybody's been watching past halftime. The the big dick pick is that this is a runaway blowout for Philly at home. What a smash spot for them. That's why that line's going to keep ticking up. I honestly, I mean. Apparently it's going to be Cooper Rush. Fine, he's been he's been flirting with with danger all year long. He hasn't been very good. Kind of a bus driver. He's not going to have that luxury in this game. This is the type of game where all those passes he's putting into danger are actually going to be caught and 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 come back to burn him. This is going to get ugly. And by the way, Dallas is winning on defense. They have the best pass rush in the league. Who has the number one pass? blocking grade in the NFL that would be Philly so when you neutralize that pass rush for the Dallas Cowboys you're left with Cooper Rush out there and a middling offense that isn't going to do much against a great defense oh my god this is a smash blowout spot for Philly love it yep so a couple things on this one Uh, first of all Philly is a team that did not cover versus Dallas team that did cover so we got that trend working for us Second, we got the home field before the buy trend. Again, 45 and 33 ATS. The numbers are split on this one. However, uh, I do like Philly. Uh, I actually bet them earlier in the week. Minus four and a half. Again, it's at minus six now. But I've still got a way to get at this game for you guys if you don't want to lay the six. The first half, uh, minus two and a half. Uh... Philly has the number one first half offense. Now, Dallas also has the number two first half defense, but that is against the, or sorry, number one first half offense, and then they also have the number six first half defense. And Dallas has the number eight first half offense. So project all that out, blah, 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 I won't bore you with it. It basically projects to a 19 to 10 first half Philly lead. I think this is an absolute fucking smash spot to play Philly in the first half minus two and a half points uh that's one of my best bets of the week for sure and I do like Philly to win the game uh you know six it's five and a half in the super contest we got a little bit of break there I like that but yeah I'm with you I think Philly they're they're just the better football team they are the number two I believe yep number two DVOA team in the league um, and now they're a wide gap behind Buffalo at number two, but they still are the best team in the NFC. And again, they are monsters, monsters, monsters in the fucking first half. 
That's what they fucking do. They get out on you. They lead early. They run it up early. You're not, you know, teams are not ready for their speed. They're not ready for their offensive pace. They're not ready for the fucking running game they hit you with. And then the fucking play action pass on top of that. Uh, You mentioned the pass rush versus Dallas versus their offensive line. Obviously, that's a neutralization. And then on top of the fact that Micah Parsons, and we said it last year, we said it last week on the podcast, he's been hurt. He's been hurt for two weeks, now three weeks. However, because he's goddamn Lawrence Taylor incarnate, he fucking got defensive player of the week in the NFC with two sacks on one goddamn leg. This kid is a fucking monster, son. He is a monster. But, But he should be neutralized again by this awesome uh, Philly pass protection. And again... When you got a groin injury, if you ever had a groin injury, that does not get better except with rest, period. So is Dallas going to try to get him through to the bye? Yeah, for sure. How much he's going to play? He took a lot of plays off last week. Again, he did get two sacks, but honestly, one of those was actually, should have been Lawrence's sack. Lawrence ran Stafford into his arms. He was kind of just standing there. So he kind of picked up a cheapie there. But, you know, when you're great, that kind of shit happens, you know. You kind of get the you get the breaks when you're awesome. Oh, yeah. But I, I don't see that happen with Hurts. And again, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Jalen Hurts is the best running quarterback I have seen since Michael Vick. He's better than Lamar Jackson. He's better than any. He's better than the circus midget. He's better than all. He's better than all of them. He, and you're gonna see it firsthand if you haven't watched him. Uh, if, you, if you're one of those teams that only watches your team, you kind of only really pay attention when somebody's on prime time a little bit. Watch this game Sunday night, and you're going to see Michael Vick incarnate when he, when he takes off and runs the ball. This kid can absolutely fucking fly. He, but not only can he fuck, he's smooth. He picks his fucking lanes. He wakes on his blocks. He picks the perfect time. I mean, he, he is really a technician when it comes from running from the quarterback position, and that is an art in today's NFL. All right. All right, moving on. Last game, Monday Night Football. And uh, if it wasn't Monday night, this could be the Hello Corner TV game, (laughs) I think. Um, The Los Angeles Chargers are at home versus those shitty Denver Broncos and their five-and-a-half-point home favorites. Yeah, you don't put you don't put baby or Justin Herbert in a corner. I'm sorry, <laughs> sir. That's not allowed. He's too good to do that. Uh, but like I've said in the past, you handicap the Chargers on how retard you think they're gonna go. Um, last week they were retarded enough to get the win, but just not quite cover. Um, just barely, just barely, depending on where you got the but barely the line didn't at. cover, man. <laughs> uh, but if there's a team this year. Who can out-retard the retards? It's definitely going to be Denver. So, good luck picking a winner in the retard bowl. Um, I would have to go. I would just have to lean to the points in a division game. And, uh, you know, if you're taking retards, take retards with points. That's what I always say. Yeah, I lean with you. Numbers with you on Denver. And believe it or not, boys and girls, as bad as Denver is on offense, which they are fucking Garbage, 27th DVOA. They're only two spots behind the Chargers overall team because their defense is really, really, really good. <laughs> it's held them in every game. It's helped Russell Wilson hang around games. Now, 
What's wrong with that dude? I don't fucking know. There's rumors that he's hurt. I think that's kind of convenient fucking uh, circumstance. He had, some, he had some sort of procedure this week. Yeah, I mean, I mean, fuck. I don't know, man. I, I don't, I don't think he's ever really come back right from whatever he got hurt from the last year in Seattle, apparently. And if you watch him play, he's not the same dude. And here's the thing with, you know, little quarterbacks. I and mean, we've seen it, even even the ones have had great success, uh, great success. Uh, like Drew Brees, as soon as they get any little ailment, any little thing that takes a little bit off their game, man, those dudes just fall so fucking fast because they have to have everything. They have to have everything. And it's not a detriment to them. It's a fucking compliment to them. If there's, I mean, Russell Wilson's literally five foot eleven, out there, went to two Super Bowls, won a Super Bowl, you know, was a Pro Bowl over how many years? Like, it, I'm not shitting on the dude. The dude's been awesome for a long time, but now he's physically impaired. And once you're small and you get physically impaired, you know, a big guy like Peyton Manning, you shake that shit off, go to Denver, throw for another four or 5,000 yards for a couple years, then it kind of falls apart, but whatever. When, when you're little like that, man, the, the slightest chink in your armor, and it all falls apart, and he is falling apart. But the numbers do agree. The simple fact is, you know, Denver's defense is good enough to hold them in this game. Now, can they score the ball enough to cover five and a half fucking points? I don't know. They couldn't score a goddamn touchdown, even at home versus the shitty Colts. Ah! Anyway. Apologize to all of our Asian listeners for uh, that derogatory chink comment uh, by Bo Cephas. That was was unfortunate. All right, boys and girls, that was all the wins coming in the air tonight, baby! Alright, boys and girls, it's time you all been waiting for. It's time for those free, I said free picks of the week! Longhorn, laying on him, baby. All right, listen up real close, you retards. It's going to go like this. I'm giving you two free picks. A two-team six-point teaser with New Orleans teased up to plus eight from plus two and package that together with Philly from minus six to a pick em at home. That's your teaser free pick. And going to do a little money line parlay here for you. It's a three-team money line parlay with the two sounders that I hit, New Orleans and Seattle. And then we're going to throw a little curveball and put Carolina in there because, you know what, if if the shit goes crazy and L.A.'s reeling and you got the new quarterback and the new coach, crazy things can happen. Uh, this three-team Moneyline Parlay pays you 21-1, to 1 and we all do the money dance. 21-1 to 1 on a three-gamer. Man, yeah. that usually pays a 6-1. to 1. That's a hell of a value. All right, boys and girls, time for the college free pick of the week. This week is going to be Old Miss Rebels, minus 14.5 over Auburn. The handicap on this one is simple. Lane Kiffin not only openly admits that he knows the spread, he actively tries to cover them, which is fan-fucking-tastic for us. Last week versus Vandy, they were 17-point favorites, and I have to admit, Vandy plus 17 was one of our last picks out i left it on the floor thank god 
because Vandy, Vandy did score with four minutes left in the game, and they could have kicked the extra point and been down 18, but they decided to poke the bear. They went for two to get it to land right on the number at 17 for the push. Or turns out all they pushed was Lane's buttons because his offense marched down the field and with 17 seconds left of the game and up by 17 at the one-yard line with a running clock, they hustled to the line and punch it in to win by 24 and cover by 7. So now they get a hapless Auburn team who has beaten, let me see, uh, Mercer, and they didn't cover. Oh, they beat San Jose. And they didn't cover. Mm-hmm. And they beat Missouri. And they didn't cover. All at home. They played their first road game last week at Georgia. They got their goddamn doors blown off. And now they go back on the road for a second week to a Mississippi State team that is built differently than they are in the past. They actually do play some defense now at Ole Miss. 38th in the country in efficiency. Auburn has a 70th ranked offense so translation auburn is going to struggle to score the football and old miss will always put up points under kiffin seventh ranked on offense but they do it more on the ground now than they do in the past which offers less variance than all your kiffin teams in the past so you don't have to worry about bo nicks out there fucking chunking interceptions and mm-hmm. again lane cares he cares about covering he's my second Favorite coach in all college football because of that. Go fucking Rebels. And then one bonus pick here. Pizza money parlay. We already hit one of these this year, so we're swinging for fucking fences now. We got West Virginia on the money line, plus 142. Penn State on the money line, plus 224. And the New Mexico State Aggies is a personal pick of mine, plus 220 because daddy fucking needs this one baby 24 and a half to one that one will pay you and i need those new mexico state aggies to beat those goddamn lobos because daddy's got an under ticket on two and a half wins in the lobos and they already got two i can't afford for them to fucking win the third one so let's fucking go aggies sounds good all right longhorn tell them about that fabulous website one more time all right, you glory hole seekers, that's going to wrap up another award-winning and record-setting length podcast. We <laughs> thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the Sports Patio next weekend. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rate so we can pay those bills. We give out free picks on our website, on our podcast, and also on our social media platforms so people stop being sports stupid and use them all but more importantly, sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we may become partners for life. And Bo Steve is, as always, in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money on a guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on. God damn it. People never pay a bookie again. Steven Tyler, take us up, baby.